This Week in Tech. Now's your chance to get caught up on all that's happening in the technology around Akron and the rest of the world. Now, here's Gene Destro. This week it's all about cars, students actually building and racing their own, tires for autonomous fleets, car companies gearing up for a time when more computers than people do the driving, and one automaker actually decreasing how fast their cars can go. All this and more coming up. Engineering students from the University of Akron are not only learning cutting-edge automotive technology, they're racing formula cars they built themselves in competitions all over the world. Professor Dan Deckler. The only thing that you see on the car that we actually didn't build are going to be the actual tires, which come from Goodyear, and the engine, which comes from Yamaha. But everything else you see is build ourselves. We build the entire chassis, the brake system, the electronics. We'll have purchased sensors. We buy raw materials. We might buy the steel rods and everything to build the suspension system, but then we will go in and actually assemble it. And we actually do all our own machining because the University of Akron has a great machine shop in the College of Engineering, and we, including some CNC machines, computer numerically controlled machines. And we have students that become trained on that, and so they can actually machine their own parts that fit on the car. That sounds great. So with the future of automotive technology moving towards self-driving cars, is that knowledge going to be transferable as they move forward into jobs of the future? Yeah, sure, because now whether you put a driver behind the wheel or whether you put a computer behind the wheel, you still need that base vehicle in order to be able to drive. So everything that they're doing, it'll be transferable. And as a matter of fact, a lot of the stuff that we do are cutting edge kind of things. I mean, for instance, instead of having a steel chassis, we actually got done building the first ever carbon fiber monocoque chassis. So, you know, composite structures. And you know, composite structures are the wave of the future as well. So everything that they're doing will be able to take either into the car industry or even into an industry that's totally separate from the car industry because the process of learning how to design a vehicle to meet or design anything that is to meet certain specifications and then actually be able to manufacture what it is that you design is applicable to any industry. So conceivably they could take this into the aeronautics industry like space and airplanes, etc.? Yeah, sure. As a matter of fact, one of our former team members Oh, probably about from four or five years ago that was a mechanical engineering graduate at the College of Engineering and a team member on the formula combustion team. He actually now is an engineer working for SpaceX out in California. Okay, so tell me more about a new type of carbon fiber fabrication. Tell me a little bit more about that. Okay, so basically instead of having a bunch of steel rods forming a skeleton because a chassis is like the bones in your body. It's the skeleton of the car. What we've done is we've gone to, basically we built a carbon fiber bathtub. That's what it looks like. It looks like a bathtub in which the driver now will sit. And so we now are busy attaching all the suspension system to the carbon fiber chassis. So it saves about 30 pounds in weight. And out of a 500 pound car, that's a significant weight savings. Is carbon fiber comparative or compares well to steel to the hardness and strength? Yeah, actually, because it's now a continuous layer, it's not just a skeleton, it actually twists significantly less than steel does, which is 
really important in a vehicle is for to have the frame pretty much as stiff as possible. So that way, when you're taking a corner, the energy stays with the car and keeps the car moving forward around the corner as opposed to it takes energy to twist the frame of the car. So you lose energy whenever you twist something or stretch something. So yeah, uh, carbon fiber in that respect is much stronger than the uh, steel frame that we've been using in the past. What all you know, Indy cars and Formula One cars actually use now, they actually use carbon fiber monocoques. You said it was some kind of a first though. Is it? Did you mean it was some kind of a first at the university using it or a first? ever anywhere. No, this is the first time that we, at the university, this is the first time that the Formula Combustion team has designed and built a carbon fiber monocoque chassis. So how would you say that our team ranks in terms of schools from other countries? How are we doing compared to them? We're doing quite well compared to them. I mean, there's world rankings and we're consistently in the top 20 worldwide. If you'd like to see some of those cars for yourself, go to the Great Lakes Science Center in Cleveland, where three of them are on display right now. Also today, Goodyear is testing tires for use on autonomous vehicles. Aaron Spring is their new ventures director. We are working with a company called Local Motors. They produce a level four autonomous shuttle called Ollie. Uh, Goodyear is going to be providing tires for those vehicles. What is this autonomous vehicle and who will be riding in it? Is this something people can just buy for themselves or is this going to be like taxis? How is this going to work? Yeah, so the application for this autonomous shuttle is is for last mile transportation methods. So typically it's not going to be sold to the general public, but really used in more of a public transportation type of mode. How about like at airports? Yeah, so airports, uh, university settings. When it's an autonomous vehicle, do you envision that the tires will get a different type of wear and tear on them than when somebody else was driving them? Yeah, I think um, potentially. So we know today that depending on how you drive, uh, your tires will wear differently. In the future, an autonomous vehicle, um, you program that driver and you program that route. So we fully expect the severity of driving to be different. But it's not just fleet vehicles that are one day going to be tooling around without human drivers. In Detroit, Jeff Gilbert has more. Sunny Madra runs Ford X. He's tasked with exploring a wide range of new mobility options. Innovation is key in today's world, right? And we're seeing a pace of innovation like we've never seen before. This has hurt many traditional companies, but Madra doesn't think that's going to happen to car makers. They understand it, you know, this all this innovation is happening around them, and they're not turning away from that. They're embracing that. They are investing the money in order to be there as this new frontier unfolds. Madra expects a lot of tie-ups in the future involving both traditional car makers and Silicon Valley startups. With the Car Chronicles, I'm Jeff Gilbert, CBS News.
Toyota has announced that they will invest billions of dollars to increase production of hybrid vehicles in the United States. Jeff Colvin reports. Toyota recently announced it will invest $13 billion in the U.S. over the next five years, increasing a prior pledge of investment by 30 percent. The funding will lead to greater production of hybrid vehicles. The company will increase production capacity at plants in Alabama, West Virginia, Missouri, and Tennessee, creating nearly 600 new jobs. The announcement comes just over a month after Toyota and Panasonic announced a joint venture to produce electric car batteries, a move expected to employ 3,500 American workers by next year. It's all part of a larger trend. BMW announced three years ago it would boost hybrid car sales. Volvo has pledged that all new vehicle models after this year will be electric or hybrid. And Volkswagen just said it will produce 22 million electric cars over the next decade. I'm Jeff Colvin. Meanwhile, life in the fast lane is slowing down for Volvo. Brian Cooley tells us why. People email me all the time asking why so many cars have top speeds of 130, 140, even 155 miles an hour. I have no idea. Well, one reason is that no car brand wants to be the first to blink and make a slower car. Except Volvo. Starting in 2020, they just announced, their cars will be electronically limited to a maximum speed of 112 miles per hour, 43 miles an hour less than their current max. It's part of their ongoing Vision 2020 program that by 2020, no one should be killed or seriously injured in a new Volvo car. Why 112? It's just a conversion from the tidy metric number of 180 kilometers per hour. Now, Volvo is well aware that not many accidents happen in the triple-digit range, nor does much driving. So the 112 limit is low-hanging fruit that is hard to argue with. High-tech cars and modern drivers at CoolionCars.com. And that's it for now. See you next week. That was This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Tune in next week for more tech news and find more online at WAKR.net.